te confieso a corazón abierto que todo es muy incierto en este desierto mi vulnerabilidad está al descubierto siento que mi barca está muy lejos de su puerto porque será que ya no sale el sol en mis días porque mis noches son tan frías porque será que siento que me falta algo porque este camino gris se siente tan largo sé que está sobrando aunque no te sienta sé que está sobrando aunque no te vea Sé que voy a salir de esta odisea, sé que voy a ganar esta pelea, sé que va a cesar esta marea temporaria, que en ti yo viviré una vida extraordinaria, que aunque no pueda entender, me consuela saber que todo, yo sé que todo va a estar bien, todo va a estar bien, everything will be alright, the whole world's in his hands, your whole world's in his hands. got the whole world in his hands he's got the whole world in his hands he's got the whole wide world in his hands todo el mundo en su mano está todo el mundo en su mano está todo el mundo en su mano está
Church, welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song? Joe! 
may be seated and welcome to each and every one of you a uh, very special welcome to our guests whether you are in the house or online uh, glad that you are worshiping with us uh, a couple announcements uh, some of this is just like what do we do on an ongoing basis uh, one of the ways in which you can get some information is to go to our digital bulletin and that is a QR code so if you were to take out your smartphone and get to your camera and hold it up there It'll take you to a place where you could look at sermon notes, prayer requests, things that are happening in the life of the congregation. A lot of information is there. Now, if you'd rather have a hard copy of that, we have some copies at a table by the door, and you can grab that and take a look. And if you're sitting here today and you're like, well, you know, how do we do communion, stuff like that, these cards that are in the chair backs in front of you will walk you through some of the things. So, example, it tells you, if you're a guest here, you can either stop at the uh, new member um, welcome center um, or text 1C guest to 94,000. And you could do that, and then you could ask questions, and we can get you some information. That'll do that. If you have a prayer today that you would like included in worship, this will tell you how to do that with your phone, and you could send it in. If you're online, you could just put it right in the comment section. If you would like to take communion today, this will walk you through what do we believe as a church and also how do you specifically take communion. And so that will walk you through there. So feel free to take a look at this and um, have some of your questions answered. And then this will also talk about the joy baskets. And um, here at 1C, we believe every single person that is breathing has been blessed by God in some way or another. And it's all different, it varies, but God's blessings are beautiful. And uh, what he wants us to do is always to, always to say thank you, and there's so many different ways to do it. Like singing this last song about thriving. I mean, I love that idea. God wants us to thrive, and he gives us all the blessings so we can thrive in him on this earth and in heaven forever. What a beautiful thing. Uh, we can... We can show our thanksgiving by serving and by doing different things to help other people. We could also show our thanksgiving when we give of our offerings and tithes. And so in just a moment during the next song, uh, baskets will be passed. And we just, we just ask you to please pray. Say, okay, Lord, how do you want me to say thank you? How do you want me to show um, how grateful I am for all the blessings you've given? And then listen to his prompt. It's always good to do that. So I'd like to take time now to pray, uh, not just for the, the passing of the basket, just for our time of worship. Let's pray. 
Lord Jesus, you are an incredible God, but also a personal friend. And you have loved us and blessed us with one blessing on top of another. And, and our lives are eternally blessed because of you. And we will thrive forever. And we pray now, Lord, that you would help us in uh, showing us how we should say thank you. As we sing our praises, as we pray our prayers, as we serve others, and even as we give of our tithes and offerings. May what we do be a reflection of how thankful we are to you. Thanks again for all that you've done, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus.
As we prepare to receive the Lord's Supper, one thing the Bible tells us to do is to examine yourself, and that means time to get honest, honest with each other, honest with God about our sinful condition and our need for a Savior. And what we've been doing probably for the last couple of months is we have a profession of faith that professes what we believe about our sin and about our Savior, what we believe about this meal, and also what we believe and intend to do as we live for the glory of God. So if I can have that profession of faith up there and let's together out loud share this. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in his body, the church, by regular group worship, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. And if you see on the environmental screens on the side, there is a question that Jesus asked that we're going to be looking at during the sermon, where Jesus asked this man who was an invalid for 38 years, do you want to be healed? I think it's an important question for us to consider today. In this meal, Jesus gives of himself. Because we believe he's truly present in this meal and he wants to forgive sins, strengthen our faith, and empower us to live as his children. So my prayer is that as we consider the great gift of grace through Jesus, we receive all the blessings he wants to give us and that we would then be faithful. So our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he did take bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we continue now with the distribution of communion, if you have those individual communion sets, feel free to receive those elements, believing Jesus is present and his gift of grace is real. If you're going to come forward during this next song for continuous communion, uh, just a reminder, we do have gluten-free 
Also, grape juice for those that desire that. Now may this time be blessed by God as we remember that these are the gifts of God for all of God's people. Amen. Yeah. 
when all I will do is forever, forever worship you. I can only imagine. Oh, surrounded by your glory. dance for you Jesus or in all of you be still will I stand in your presence or to my knees will I fall will I sing hallelujah will I be able to speak it all I can only imagine I can only imagine Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for mission, for ministry, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer this morning. Father, we lift up our prayers from the family. Prayers of guidance through a possible job interview this week. Prayers for the family of John Brewer. Give them comfort and peace as they mourn the loss of a loved one. Prayers of strength and healing for Coco and Bobby as they both fight their battles with cancer. Be with them both through treatments as well as with their families. Prayers for my marriage as we go through tough times right now. Please guide us in our hearts and bring us each back to each other. Prayers for Josie and Miguel Velez. They're having medical issues. Josie has surgery on Monday for a removal of a tumor. Prayers for everything to go well. Prayers for the Mancuso family and the loss of a husband, father, and a wonderful associate in our dentist doctor community. Prayers, Lord, that are of thanks for our houses sold. Prayers that the sale goes through prayers for our son that he does well on his nursing boards tomorrow and that he passes father we thank you for the prayers that are spoken this morning and then the ones that are unspoken on our hearts for you know what weighs us down and, and father we can just bring it to you and lay it at your feet and we just thank you for that and father as we can only imagine what it will be like to be in your presence Help us to remember that you are always here with us every day as we walk through life. Join me as we say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hello, everybody. How is one seat today? Wow. One kid, really? I will take it. Kids, come on up and have a seat on the floor. Mr. Chris, will you help me just for a second put on my very, very special summer accessory? Oh, yeah. There it is. Oh, oh thank you. Oh, oh, so much better. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, make sure it's tight. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Oh, thank you. How about a hand for Chris, everybody? What a special guy. Whoa, whoa, okay kids. Do you know what I am wearing today? Very good kids. Do you wear life jackets? Okay, well, that was not unanimous. All right, well kids, here's the thing is, um, I don't go anywhere without this life jacket now. I go bowling in my life jacket, grocery store life jacket. Here's why. George have scary story. You want to hear? But well, that was also not very good. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. All right, now here we go. George at the water park, okay? George in shallow water. So George take off life jacket. And I was just swimming like this. Oh, I feel so good to swim, yeah? Okay. Well, see, I was swimming and not know that I swim too far. And then, before I knew it, George could not touch water bottom anymore. And, I mean, look at my legs, you guys. Well, yes, and they also don't work. <laughs> so that was very dangerous for George. And so I flop around. Something like that, and then Superman. Well, lifeguard, but he feel like Superman. Mr. Lifeguard jumped from his chair and saved me, and he put wet, stinky George on the safe, dry ground. Bloop. Well, I will answer it. What is it? That's a very good question. Keeps me up at night. But anyway, hey, I said one question. You are so cute. Okay, guys, we gotta get moving. Here's the thing, guys. That night, that night I go home, go night night, and mommy tucking me in. And mommy say, Oh, George, were you scared today? And I said, Yes, mommy, I was so scared today. <laughs> I didn't really cry. I'm brave. No, I cried. I cried real bad. And mommy said to Georgie, Oh, Georgie, I'm so glad you didn't die today. And I was like, me too, mom. And 
she gave me a big hug, and you know what else she said to me? She said, George, well, she sounds like this. George, you know Jesus is like our lifeguard. He's our lifesaver. Mom, you, I mean, that's, wow, that's kind of weird. And she said to me, she explained, kids, that, you know, she said that in sin, we are drowning. Like George did at Water Park, but we cannot see it. We don't know it's always happening, but it, it is happening. And mommy, she tell me that, that um, Jesus, he came to save us. You, we know that, right, kids? But sometimes we forget. We need him every time. Even when we are like good swimmers, in certain waters, we really need the life jacket. And so, my mommy, she's so smart. I say, mommy, you're so smart. And she say to me, yes, George, yeah, I know, I'm a smart woman. And so I think to myself, not only will I wear life jacket everywhere George goes, but also I take Jesus. I want Jesus with me all the time, grocery store, bowling alley, digging up bugs, all the time. And that was the cool story about being safe in our bodies and safe in our spirits because we have Jesus who saves us. Isn't that cool, kids? No, 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 isn't that cool? Okay, hallelujah, somebody give me an amen. Okay, adults. Somebody give me an amen. amen. All right, now let's pray. Bow your heads quick and stop talking. Dear God, thank you so much for sending Jesus to be our lifesaver, like a lifeguard, but for our souls. We love you, God. We thank you for Jesus and also bugs. Amen. Okay, kids, you go, can go back to your seats, Mr. Chris. Will you come help me take off my life jacket? Thank you. Mr. Chris, these kids are badgering me. I gotta get out of here. Well, I don't know. Thank you, George, right? A couple of months ago, I met Joycelyn. And I knew Craig. Um, they're getting married, and so we're going through this pre-marriage counseling thing, mm -hmm. and um, just talking about lots of different things, and um, her love for her Lord and for the Word of God, I thought, you know, it would be great if she would be willing to come and read the scripture for today. So we're going to hear uh, from the gospel uh, what I'm going to be preaching on, so if you would, share the word. Today's reading is taken from the book of John chapter 5 verse 1 through to 17. John chapter 5, verse 1 through to 17. The healing at the pool on the Sabbath. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roof colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, 
he said to him, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the men who had been healed, it is the Sabbath and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, the man who healed me, that man said to me, take up your bed and walk. They asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know it was who it was, for Jesus has withdrawn. As there was a crowd in the place, afterward Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well, sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing the things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, my father is working till now and I am working, amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for the gift of your word that you placed before us today. And we ask now that you would send your Holy Spirit into this room, into our hearts, our minds, our lives. Open up our eyes, our ears, our hearts to the truth of your word for us that we may learn and grow in our understanding of who you are, how you love, and the desires you have for your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, as we've been doing for several weeks, we're following the summer camp theme. And so we have a whole bunch of kids that are in here and throughout our campus and they're learning different things about this God who loves us so much. And uh, the, 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 the camp's overall theme is called BLAST, if I can have the logo up there. Uh, there's BLAST, and it stands for Building Lives Around Sound Truth. And I've been saying it every week, I'm going to say it again. The only truth that we have that we could count on is the truth that comes from God himself. Namely, the Bible, right? Genesis, all the way through Revelation, where God pours out what he wants us to know through his servants. And in the Bible, and as I said that in my prayer, God wants us to get to know who he is, how he loves, and the desires he has for his people. And we're not going to find that out from, quote, the truth of this world. It is specifically the truth that we find in the scriptures. And the theme, the theme for today in, in particular is this theme that you see up on the um, environmental walls, Jesus rescues. And think about what Jesus does. And throughout the week, they were looking at different stories. I'm going to look just at one story. We heard Jocelyn, Jocelyn read that, and it is a beautiful story that has lots of meaning and significance. Now, one of the things they teach uh, pastors when they're going to learn how to preach, 
uh, they, they teach us to do what's called textual criticism. And I'm going to also teach you that all of us, when we open up the Word of God, read it at face value. Please do that. But also learn some of the background that is found in the Scriptures and in the Word of God itself. So I'm going to share with you three observations from this text of John chapter 5. This would be an example of a little bit of textual criticism. So looking at the account of Jesus healing this invalid, but there's some backstories that would be helpful for you and for me as we study the scriptures. So observation number one, Jesus is in Jerusalem again. Now why is he in Jerusalem? There's another feast. There's another festival. And any good Jewish person makes their way to Jerusalem when there is a festival or a feast. So he's doing that. He goes to a pool where people with diseases and disabilities are, and Jesus walks in among the crowd of people. Now, uh, again, part of the textual criticism, part of the backstory, is that when people would go to Jerusalem, any good Jewish person would do that, the town of Jerusalem swells in numbers. So people in the out, outskirts would come into Jerusalem. And one of the things that they would do is they would make their way to one of the pools. You may have heard of the Pool of Siloam. There's also the Pool of Bethesda or Bethsaida. And what they do is they do what's called ceremonial cleansing before they go to the temple. So here we have Jesus knowing that there's going to be people that are going to be at the pool, and he shows up. And he shows up in a powerful way to demonstrate some very important things which we're going to get into in just a moment. Observation number two. And I'm curious how many of you know this. We notice that there is no verse four. Anybody know? Anybody knew that? Just kind of curious. Kind of, you don't see it. It just goes, if you have the NIV, ESV, NASB, most of the translations, it'll go from verse one to two to three to five. And it, it, something's missing. Why? This is part of, the, again, textual criticism, understanding the text. The original language in which the Bible is written is not English. It was in Greek. So when we had these writers, like the gospel writer of John is John, and he is writing down the story of Jesus, there were others that would make copies of it. Now, they didn't have a Xerox machine to go make a copy, but there would be scribes that would handwrite this Gospel of John out. And of course, and maybe it makes sense, right, there are some of those copies that are older than others. And then there's some that are newer. Well, in the oldest translations or copies, there was no first verse 4. It was added. And you can find uh, what, what it is if you want to. Go into the King James Version or the New King James Version, and you will find that verse in there. And what it does is it talks about the angels stirring the water at the pool of Bethsaida. Now, why would that be legitimate enough for the King James Version to have it in? Because if you look at verse 7, this man who was eventually healed was talking about that. So 
somebody had the idea, let's, let's put that in there and have that in there. So some real, really old transcripts have it, but the oldest ones do not. So whether that's interesting or not, it's an observation. And then number three, there was a multitude of people in these five colonnades. Now I told you that during the feast and the festivals, people come to Jerusalem to go to the temple. So the, the numbers swell at that time. And when you think about these pools, you've got to think a little differently, right? It's not just a pool. I mean, it's big. Some people say it might even be like two Olympic-sized pools. So it's kind of big. And when it, when it talks about these idea of five colonnades, picture that as covered porches. So in the corners of the pool, they were covered with these colonnades. And in the middle, there was an area that was also covered. The climate of Jerusalem would be very much just like Arizona. And having lived there for almost nine years, and going there soon, you want as much coverage as you can from the sun. It can be pretty brutal. So there was a practical aspect to this. But just picture the mass of people gathering together. Okay, for the feast, now doing the ceremonial cleansing and getting ready to go to the temple. And Jesus steps into the scene. So knowing some of those things, I think, are really, really important. Well, now with that in mind, I'm going to kind of go quickly. I'm going to talk about four characteristics of Jesus that are demonstrated and revealed in the story that we find in John chapter 5. And I want to say this up front so you can kind of have this as a framework. I really want you to know and believe these four characteristics. I want you to embrace them. I want you to let them sink into your mind and your heart. And I want you to believe them with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Because these characteristics of Jesus are life-changing. Just like this man, right? He, he bumped into these characteristics of Jesus and his life was changed. God wants to do that with us. So we're going to take a look at these four characteristics. Now part of what we're going to do is we're going to, uh, I'm going to show you some clips from The Chosen. Some of you know that I really like The Chosen. Okay. Now what The Chosen does, um, this uh, series, I think they're now in season three, is they will take the biblical account and then they'll add what I call the possible and the plausible. So we don't know the name of this, this man. And yet in the chosen episode that you're going to see, they're going to call him Jesse. Very well could be Jesse. We don't know. And there's some other details that they kind of paint the picture of, of what could be. But I want you to watch. I'm going to say this is probably my favorite episode of all of them so far. The human aspect and Jesus connecting. So, let's take a look at the first clip.
okay, Jesse. Uh-huh. You're moving from the edge? There's no point. It was a dumb idea. You're not going to try anymore. No, Jesse. If you don't have any hope, then why are you still here? fuss is about an oversized mikveh. I have a feeling we haven't seen it all yet. That's him. Who? Him. The one who's been here the longest. It doesn't belong. The sad one. John chapter 5, verse 6a. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time. One of the characteristics or attributes that we find in the story of John chapter 5 is about the knowledge that Jesus had. Um, in, quote, the catechism that I grew up learning, it says, it, it says that um, God is omniscient, and it means all-knowing. And it's hard for us to fathom. We who are uh, finite creatures, we have a limited uh, knowledge. We, we only can know so much. And for us to even comprehend the fact that there is somebody out there that has no limit on knowledge. We can't fathom what that means. I mean, here's what I, when I look at this Jesus that we talk about, we believe that he was present from the very beginning of time. And before you start thinking, oh, you mean when the world was created? No, 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 don't shortchange it. The beginning of time was before that. I didn't say he was here at the creation of the world. I said beginning of time. He has been from the very, very beginning. And to fathom this concept, ready for this? Back then, we'll, we're going to say a zillion years ago, he knew that there would be this man who would be at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years and was waiting to be healed. God knew that. Jesus knew that. And now let's bring it into us personally. There is a God. He has a son named Jesus who knows you and me absolutely in a personal way. He knows us. Yes, he made the heavens and the earth, but he also knows us individually and personally. And while he understood the plight of the man at the, at the pool of Bethesda, he knows your plight right now. He knows what you're thinking about as you sit in church. He knows what you experienced yesterday. He knows what you're going through today. And he knows what you're going to deal with tomorrow even before you know what's going to happen. He knows everything. Now, if it was just about knowledge, I would be disappointed. 
There's more to this Jesus than him knowing everything. And that takes us to the next one. Shalom. Me. Yes. Shalom. I have a question for you. For me. I don't have many answers, but I'm listening. Do you want to be healed? Who are you? We'll get to that later. But my question remains. Will you take me to the water? <laughs> Look, I'm having a really bad day. You've been having a bad day for a long time. So? Sir, I have no one to help me into the water when it's stirred up. And when I do get close, the others step down in front of me. So, Look at me. Look at me. That's not what I asked. I'm not asking you about who's helping you, or who's not helping, or who's getting in your way. I'm asking about you. <laughs> I've tried. long time, I know. And you don't want false hope again, I understand. But this pool, it has nothing for you. It means nothing. And you know it. But you're still here. Why? I don't text tells us, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. I mean, the tension in this portion of the scene is powerful. This man is barely has any hope left. And he's hanging on for dear life. I believe that it's one thing to have knowledge, but it's another thing to have compassion. And I'm so good, my Savior, your Savior has both of these. Because he can know what you're going through and just step back and say, okay, too bad, so sad. But that's not what he did. And, and I love the way they capture that in The Chosen. Do you see when, quote, it was getting real personal? 
What did Jesus do? He knelt down and he looked him right in the eyes. Probably like no one else has ever done. Because if he's been there 38 years, a lot of people walking by, standing up fully, whatever, and just not even noticing him. But Jesus kneels. He goes down. And you bookend that to the first words he spoke when he walked up to him. Did you hear the word? What was the word he said? Shalom. And in Hebrew, shalom means peace. Really, it does. And it's not just a flippant peace. It's a heavenly peace. It's a whole peace. It's a, a peace that the world can't give. And when Jesus is using that word, it was as if this man couldn't believe his ears. But then he replies, Shalom. Jesus has compassion. So much so that he put flesh on, he came down to this earth as a babe of Bethlehem, but then he rubbed elbows with all kinds of people. This person was just one of many that most people would not give the time of day for. And yet, it was almost as if he was locked in. He walks into that area, he looks and he sees, and there, there he is. That's the one. And he demonstrates compassion. I believe wholeheartedly he is locked in on you. He knows you. He understands what you're going through right now, what's on your heart, your mind, what troubles you, what gives you joy. I mean, he just understands it all. But he also has this compassion that feels for you and with you. Beautiful. He has compassion. Right, let's continue the next. So, do you want to be healed? So let's go. Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Jesus said to him, get up, take your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. The third attribute, the third characteristic is power. Jesus, in this one moment, demonstrated knowledge. He demonstrated compassion. But then he was able to do because of who he is. 
He had the power to heal this man who for 38 years, we don't know exactly how old he is, but we'll just say the, the most you kind of live at that time is about 50. So whether he's had it, you know, at least 38 of his years. I mean, it's been a long, long time. And yet Jesus, with just his words, spoke to him and he stood up. You know, I, I get this question a lot, and, and maybe you've asked this question inside or maybe to somebody else. Why doesn't Jesus always heal? And when somebody says it to me, I, I listen very carefully, and I let that kind of land for a little bit, because I know what they're getting at. I've prayed. I believe. Why don't I see the result? And so with as much compassion as I can muster up, I'll, I'll say this. I do believe wholeheartedly Jesus will heal you. I know that. The only question at hand right now, because I'm hearing faith, I'm hearing trust, I'm hearing a desire, the only question I have is when. When will he do it? Will it be on this earth or will it be in heaven? I don't know when. And I'll tell them, I wish and I hope and I pray that it would be on this earth. But it might not be. And the reason that we struggle with it, remember going back to the beginning, only God has infinite knowledge. We have finite knowledge. We only see so much about this much of the big picture. But Jesus gets it. He knows. So, Knowledge, compassion, and power. When all those three things come together, something happens that is absolutely glorious. And let's watch the next picture. I'm free to walk, like he said. Don't forget your bed. Why does this matter? Because you're not coming back here. That life is over. Everything changes now. Yo! It's Shabbat. What are you doing? Torah forbids carrying a mat on Shabbat. Not Torah, the oral tradition. Yes. Transporting objects from one domain to another violates Shabbat. The man who healed Do you me. Do not realize what just happened here? Why are you trying to make this about Shabbat? He said to me, take up your bed and walk. Who did? Who told you that? He did. I, I don't know. He didn't tell me his name. No. Of course not. He performs a magic trick and tells you to commit a sin. A false prophet. This will be reported. You report whatever you want. I'm standing on two legs. <laughs> I mean, I, I love the way they captured that. So what was going on? Well, John says, remember, I don't know if you caught the little image, the, one of the disciples pulls out something and he's writing down, he's like writing down all these little things that are going on so that we have this gospel of John. It's really a, a beautiful um, image. But John says, now that day was the Sabbath. Now that is significant, that is important, but you hear the di sorry, dialogue going on here. Remember, 
the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Now, what did that mean originally when God gave that to the children of Israel in their journey towards the promised land? It meant this. Stop, pause, rest, and remember your creator. That's what it meant. But then as they differentiated, there's the Torah, which that's the meaning of the Sabbath, right, to rest. And, but the oral tradition was starting to add all these little rules to the Sabbath. But here we are today. The reason that God does what he does is for the glory of his Father. Did you, and did, I don't know if you heard this, but verse 14. God continues to work, and so do I. That's what Jesus said when he bumped into this, this man that was healed in the temple a little bit later. God gets all the glory. That's what happens. What a beautiful picture. What a beautiful image. It is for the glory of God and the glory of Jesus. Now, the last image stirs my soul because it's a picture, a glorious picture. And I'll tell you what it is. It's a picture in the moment, but it's also a picture in the future. So let's watch it. Now, the, the Chosen takes a little bit of liberty with telling the story. Those are two brothers. We don't find that in the scriptures, but they're kind of painting the story that there were two brothers that were estranged a long time ago and were at odds forever. And so in the story of the Chosen, there's a healing that goes on between the brothers, right? That's cool, because they're celebrating the healing that... That man for 38 years is now experiencing this full healing. Glorious. Now, here's the, to me the, where I say there's two pictures here. There's the picture on earth for this person named Jesse. But I do believe it gives us a picture of ultimately heaven, of what happens for people like you and me who put our faith in Jesus. This comes from Revelation 21. Glorious picture of what's to come. Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. So while we may get some kind of healing and relief while we're on this earth, the ultimate picture is our place in heaven. The ultimate picture is where Jesus has gone to prepare a place for those who put their trust and faith in him. And when that time happens, we know because of what the Bible says, the truth that we, we look to, it says there's going to be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more hurt. It's going to be beautiful. And we hold on to that, don't we? So remember this. Jesus 
has supreme knowledge. Jesus has supreme compassion. Jesus has supreme power. It's all for the glory of God so that we would experience life with him forever. Amen? Let's stand. I want to share with you the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace now and forever. Amen.
Sunday, everybody, go in peace. It's your cool. Heaven's blessing you praise will have a peace. Since when has impossible ever stopped? Friday's disappointment is Sunday's empty tomb. Since when has impossible ever stopped you? This is the sound of dry bones rattling. This is the praise, make a dead man walk again. Open the grave, I'm coming out, I'm gonna live, gonna live again. This is the sound of dry bones rattling.
makes no sense, but you say that's what faith is for. When I see a flood, you see a promise. When I see a grave, you see a door. And when I'm at my end, you see where the future Not like you.